Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Jonathan Evans, who is a pastor, NFL chaplain, and author. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the podcast. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for your continued support. It means so much. If you have not already done so, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, um, sharing it with a with a friend or two, um, it's just a great way to, to help support and bring these messages um, and the hope of the gospel uh, to, to people who, who need it. So thank you for your support. For new listeners, welcome aboard. And uh, you're in for a treat today. I'm chatting with Jonathan Evans, who is an NFL chaplain, pastor, author. Um, we talk a little bit more about his his life. Um, he, his his father is uh, Tony Evans. Sister is Priscilla uh, Shearer, and you know has several other siblings as well. Um, and it just just comes from a, from a great family um, who are who are all involved in you know in ministry and, and kingdom work. Uh, we dig in today to his latest book, Your Time Is Now. He walks through an, a time of his when when he was in the NFL um, and believed and was hearing the voice of God tell him that you know the, the time here is is starting to uh, to come to a close, but there's a, there's a new chapter and there's something new just around the horizon. Um, and responding to that, um, and you know it it's it's just very it's just very humbling and very real of how he explains that you know it's not it's not glorified it wasn't you know he he's you know i'll i'll, I'll let him uh, him describe it but it was uh it's definitely a tough time um to respond to that um but has uh just you know seeing that 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 tenfold uh growth happen has just been has been awesome um we talk a little more about character and then day in the life of uh of chaplaincy for um the NFL. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Jonathan. Jonathan, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks for, for joining me and the guys like us. Man, great to be here, Tyler. Great to be a part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we uh, we were catching up uh, before the podcast for a little bit. Uh, your uh, listeners can't see the, the uh, visual right now, but you're wearing a, a Baylor shirt. And so coming from the, the, the great state of Texas and off some off a good win too so can you just kind of orient our listeners a little bit to kind of your upbringings um i know some people may be familiar with your with your father um and yourself but just to kind of give us a kind of a high level overview of uh of you know your your life and uh you know ministry and, and just growing up yeah no doubt i mean a lot of people know dr tony evans that's my dad my mom dr lois evans who's uh no longer with us but i was grown in a grew up in a great house you know, uh, I'm, I'm one of four. So I have Crystal, uh, who's the oldest, Priscilla, who mm -hmm. many, many, many women know Priscilla because mm -hmm. of her ministry and just mm -hmm. being on War Room and Overcomer in those movies. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother, Anthony, um, who's a singer, leads worship all over the country and then mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's just been good to, to be raised by parents mm -hmm. specifically, too, because we're talking about guys like us, a father who's who made sure he was always at the table. Um, mm -hmm. being there for not just eating, but for leading and, and peering into our souls, you know, God's word. And so that's always been a good thing as I look back, especially. And then, you know, I played sports my whole life. I was the, I was the sport guy, you know, so 
played high school football at Duncanville, then got a scholarship to play uh, fullback at, at Baylor University. So that's why I'm an excited Baylor Bear mm-hmm. national champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. We, we gave it to Gonzaga and let them know who's mm-hmm. boss this year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. And then went, went and got a chance to play in the NFL for uh, for five years. Um, and then turned into a chaplain. And so mm-hmm. God used those experiences to mm-hmm. to help me be in the NFL a different way and to do his purpose. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years, going on 10 years and helping my dad in the ministry. And now here we are on this podcast. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to be here. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And so uh, one thing you touched on, which I want to I get to a little bit later, is kind of on being an athlete too. And um, y- you mentioned, you know, being kind of named as the sports guy. And I know a lot of people listening are like, oh, actually, that was me. Or I, I know, you know, I, I call some of fr- my friends the sports guys. Myself, I was a sport guy, too. And um, want to kind of understand a little bit more about kind of your, your chaplaincy life. But before that, man, ex- excited. Congratulations on your latest book. Um, your time is now. So first off, congrats on uh, and that came out last month as well. Correct. Yeah, it came out June 8th. And so your time is now. Get what God has given you. And yeah. really, it's just a a catalytic book uh, for all ages, but really to get people to understand um, that God has given it, but we got to go get it and and to talk about how that is and, and how we actually achieve the purpose of our life. You know, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that was important for me to know and for me to understand is that a lot of times we skip the journey for the goal. We don't understand that God uses everything. He doesn't just wait until you figured it out to get to the place where he can use you. He's actually using everything that you've gone through to take you to the place where he wants to use you. And so we want to, we don't mm-hmm. want to discount anything. And that's why we can never give up. And so I wanted to write this book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, to do that and to challenge everyone, but definitely men, mm-hmm. uh, to get up off the couch and go and achieve what God has already given. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, and there's a lot in there I want to unpack. And um, I think one thing is, I think sometimes thinking that where we are right now is not, God isn't using that for a purpose or there isn't kind of, there isn't, you know, again, we're kind of missing the journey and and just kind of looking at the end zone, right. And and looking at what's to come. But I think, you know, I know in my life and a lot of people I talk to, it's like, when you look back on some of those experiences, like, wow, like it's crazy how God was using that experience in the NFL to now, you know, minister to people into the NFL or for myself, you know, using work in business to, to now, you know, use those business skills in the kingdom, et cetera. And so can you talk a little bit about um, for, for yourself when you found yourself kind of in a place where at least what you're doing, maybe you didn't feel like you were, you know, I felt like you were kind of on the bench or on the couch to use kind of the language that you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it definitely, when I say I played in the NFL, sometimes I say I played in the NFL, but really I mean the NFL played me. I mean, <laughs> I, spent, I spent five years on like five or six different teams. Yeah. I was cut, traded, um, carted off the field, throw, cans thrown at me as I'm getting carted off the field. And we played New England when I, I had a th- grade three high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, I just could not really find a home. I was just kind of sitting in darkness, wondering why things are happening the way they're happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked the Lord, I said, why, why is this happening? I'm good enough to play. I've been told I'm good enough to play. I'm playing good enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, but nothing is going in my way. I remember, you know, being a fullback and coming in and, and the coach deciding he didn't want any fullbacks on the team. He just wanted to go with tight ends. So me and the other fullback got cut. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. over the league 
just trying to find my place, then I just felt like I was meandering. And a lot of men feel that way, that they're just meandering right. Um, right. and not able to find their place, not able to actually be at home. And so I was kind of feeling angry, you know, mm-hmm. that why, why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? Why am I not able to achieve, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what I feel like I'm called to achieve? And mm-hmm. um, to make a long story short, um, one of the things I was doing was kind of ignoring God because he was, my wife was saying, hey, I think God's calling you to ministry because, you know, I would be speaking on the teams. I would be leading the teams in right. chapel. I, w- I would kind of be doing those things. Yeah. And he said, maybe God is calling you to ministry. And I was like, no, he's not. He's calling me to play in the NFL. Like, there's <laughs> no way I'm not going to take this opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But I ended up getting hurt, tearing my Achilles tendon. And um, and yeah. I kind of heard God say, you know, I'm not going to continue to allow you to walk in a direction I'm not calling you. Um, you know, it's kind of like Jacob. When you wrestle with God, he'll change how you walk, you know. And so I put on my boot and I limped in the seminary. And when I finally listened to him and I wasn't bullheaded on what I wanted to do, but I finally listened to what he wanted me to do while I was in seminary, walking with the limp, I got a call to become the chaplain of the mm-hmm. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in the NFL forever since. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just remember God telling me and during that time, that I've always wanted you to be in the NFL, but I wanted you to be there my way, not your way. And I mm-hmm. use those experiences mm-hmm. that you had so that you can minister better where you are. So mm-hmm. my mom always told me that your greatest misery uh, will always be used in your greatest mi- ministry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we have to mm-hmm. remember that no matter what we're going through, God is using it and he always connects the dots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to kind of dig in there. And I think I think a lot of folks um, want like the absolute, you know, full certainty, like he like, like put it in my hands, Lord, like what, what is next? And then I will finally move. But I think a lot of times for that human perspective doesn't fully align with kind of God's, God's view of what faith looks like and and stepping in. Can you talk, kind of dig into that time? Like when you're like, you mentioned that you limped into, into seminary. And I think, you know, we, we've all found those places where, you know, we're maybe we're getting ready to limp or, but we're not, we're just maybe trying to discern a little bit about that. How did you kind of go about that discernment process and what was, what was important for you? Well, I think it's important, you know, to realize like what you just said, Tyler, is that, yeah, we want God to hand it to us, but it's impossible to please God without faith and faith is without sight. So a lot Mm -hmm. of times what God Mm -hmm. is calling you to do is uncomfortable and you'll spend a whole lot of time kind of pushing him away because he's calling you not to a comfort zone. He's calling you out of a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's calling you from your dream to his dream. Now, his dream may encompass your dream and your passion, skills, gifts and abilities, but it ultimately belongs to him. Remember, we're managers. We're not owners. And a lot of times we want to own it. And that's what that's when mm-hmm. it puts us in that that situation where we're extremely frustrated that we realize we don't own it when everything goes downhill. Um, and so a lot of that realization was just, you know, whenever you're frustrated or whenever you're going through a scenario you can't control, but you're trying to use your own hands to control it and you're trying to grit your teeth and muscle your way. Um, and things are not working out and you're just frustrated by it is because you've kind of stepped in God territory mm-hmm. um, and in God territory without him, you can't win there. And so I realized when I limped in the seminary, it was yeah. finally me submitting to that. My grit to try to make it into the NFL, you know, was failing. I had tried as long as I can try. I had gone through uh, the ropes as long as I could go through. But God was pushing and prodding me and calling me. Um, mm-hmm. in a different way. And mm-hmm. so when I finally listened and submitted, mm-hmm. it wasn't but a, maybe 
six months into it where I got the call uh, to come right back to where I just left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's amazing, you know, how God uses your experiences because he wants to use all of it, not some of it. He mm-hmm. wants to use all of it for for where he's taking you. And so mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it works itself out. It's being yeah. obedient to the to the voice of God yeah. that, you know, most people think the voice of God, Tyler, is uh, that voice you hear in your head that's telling you what you already want to do anyway. No, that's your voice. That's why it sounds like you. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and a lot of times that's people true. get God that's to sign true. off on stuff that he's not signing off on. It's really just us talking to ourselves uh, and, and keeping ourselves in our comfort zone that we like. Mm-hmm. But when God speaks, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth are his ways from our ways and his thoughts from our thoughts. So he's not thinking what we're thinking. He's uprooting us from what we're thinking. And a lot of times when he speaks, it makes you very uncomfortable. But you know it's him because you can't shake it. Right. I I think sometimes like so in coaching, you know, you want to ask some leading questions sometimes, right, to encourage your players. All right, like put the dots together like this, you know, and you kind of encourage them and like, it's it's leading but like when we do that with god it's like you want it's like basically asking him to bless something because we because we kind of we said it or it's from and again it's from our voice and so um that that, uh, that's that's huge and so can you yeah can you can you tell me a little bit um just like in the bible like when you look kind of in the word into some characters that um that you look to kind of for yeah for for navigating and for understanding calling um, for waiting, but also stepping out into in faith as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so many of them, especially yeah. when you look at Hebrews chapter eleven. That's the faith chapter, and everybody in there had to had to show a high level of faith in uncomfortable circumstances in order to be put in what I call the biblical hall of fame. It yeah. wasn't that they were perfect; it was simply that um, when the time called, they decided calling over comfort. And if you look at Abraham in Genesis chapter twelve. Uh, The Lord says um, the word of the Lord came to Abraham and said, go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land, which I will show you. And then I'll make you a great nation, make you a great legacy Mm -hmm. and and, and do all of these things. We got to understand that God called him to go from his country, relatives and his father's house. That means that God was not concerned about where he settled. God was not concerned about his comfort zone. God was not concerned about where he felt like he was at home. God was concerned with his program and his calling. And his calling was not for Abraham to be where he was comfortable. His calling was for Abraham to be connected to his ultimate game plan. And notice Mm -hmm. that he said, go um, from your country to the land which I will show you, meaning I haven't shown you. (laughs) It's it's future tense. I'm -hmm. going to show you, but you have to go first. And Tyler, you said it best. You know, people are are waiting basically, you know, to, for God to show them that the grass on the other side of the fence is, is, is as green as what they're currently standing on before they'll yeah. move. Yeah. But we, you don't get to the greatness of Abraham until he moves. It wasn't until he goes that God will show. And most people want God to show before they go, which means they're asking God to operate out of order with his own word, which is why they don't experience God, because God cannot contradict himself. And he operates in construct with his own word. And so hmm. that is a great example that hmm. I use in one of the Bible studies that I kind of had with myself where God was right. showing me that, Jonathan, you want me to show you something, but I'm waiting on you to go before I can ever show because I use faith as a, as a barometer to determine how much I'm going to unleash that I already know it should be a part of your life and calling. Yeah, yeah. 
and I think I think when I think about that, there's some there's like some costs associated with. There's well, there's always costs, and, and you kind of yep. you count some of the costs, and you're like, I think a lot of guys too are like, well, you know, um, say in sports, for example, like you're, you know, well, what if I if I want to continue doing, and, and I think this, and I want to, uh, you know, pursue professional sports, and the the allure of kind of what could come, kind of that that those promises that you know, are, are always sold, but not always delivered on. And, um, and sometimes again, God is calling you in a different direction or, so I, I guess that's, you know, maybe one, one, but talk to me for you about some of the, the costs that were associated and kind of what some, when you, when you talk to some of the, some of the athletes and, and just some of the people that you, uh, you, you know, you, that you talk with, what some of the biggest costs are? Well, a lot, well, so it starts off with yeah. denying yourself. I mean, we understand this in, in Scripture that following Christ has to do with the self-denial. Yeah. Listening to his word has to do with self-denial. You know, uh, it's Matthew uh, 16, uh, 24, 25. If you're going to follow Christ, it starts with recognizing that following him comes at a cost to following you. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, the reason why we don't want to yeah. do what God tells us to do, or even if we know God is telling us to do it, we don't move because we're comfortable is because of the inability to deny oneself um, and, and follow Christ, okay? We like ourselves a lot. Mm -hmm. We like our dreams. We like our passions. We like our opportunities. We like uh, the things that we feel like we want to do. And we like that so much that, we do, that it becomes our greatest cost when it comes to following God. We don't mm -hmm. want to put those things down, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, not realizing that what God wants to give is much greater than the cost that we're giving up. Um, it, it's an investment that appreciates tenfold, but we don't want to take the risk. And so, um, so that's the main thing that a lot mm -hmm. of people are unwilling to give up is what they see versus what God sees that they don't currently see yet. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And so, so that, that is a great cost uh, to most people yeah. is just really themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, and exactly because you you've known yourself or you think you've known yourself for a, a long time, and I think you know, and make making these these choices, it, you don't you you haven't had that long, or you felt like you haven't had that long of a of a presence and a, a rapport with God to be able to trust Him to then right. to then all right, send me to this, you know, equip me, send me, make disciples, etc. Um, right, and so it comes with the cost. But self denial. I think self denial is the antidote, or I guess it's the uh, it's it's the way it's the way of the cross as well. It it, it definitely yeah. is, Tyler. I'm telling you, it's one of the biggest things. And yeah. people can can get over themselves, take up their cross, and follow Christ. Yeah. Um, they'll realize that what He has is much greater than what they think they're losing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when uh, so when your book, I you know I was I was it was really interesting to kind of to look through and see the importance of of what you dress or, or kind of what goes into your dress and your attire. Can you talk a little bit about, about, um, the clothes you wear and kind of how you carry yourself? And, um, is there, is there something along the lines of character in that or kind of unpack yeah. a little bit that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I got a, I got a chapter in the book, as Tyler mentioned, called, called dress as you're, as you're talking about. Yeah. And, um, and the reason why I put that in there is because most people don't realize that God is a designer. So God actually cares about your outfit. And when I say your outfit, your your outfit has to do with your attitude, action, character, and conduct. Okay, mm. that's how you that's how you you're clothed. That's why the the Bible says Revelation 19. Uh, you look at uh, verse seven, if my memory serves me correctly. It literally 
uh, talks about the righteous acts of the saints dressed in fine linen. And the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Mm -hmm. And that, it'll say it again in Revelations 22. Uh, you have some of that in Isaiah. And so God often uh, equates garments to um, how mm -hmm. you're perceived in your righteousness or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. If you look at the wedding feast, remember there was the man who came into the wedding feast, but he was improperly dressed. And because he was improperly dressed, he got kicked out. And the, because the, the, the dress there had to do with, um, you know, coming before basically the, the judgment seat of Christ. And you had and you you're recompensed based on your good and your bad and your your outfit is bad. Well, a lot of people want a. They want a, a, a dressed up calling, but they want to have a lifestyle of a heathen. They want to dress like a heathen, but they want to give God that they, they want God to give them a tuxedo calling. And, mm -hmm. God, and what I'm saying is that your dress matters. Like when you're going to a banquet, you dress like it. When you're going on a date, you dress like it. When you're going to the prom, you dress like it. Your dress matches where you're going. And a lot of Christian men will have a dress, attitude, action, character and conduct that doesn't match the calling that they want mm -hmm. God to give them. And they're wondering why God hasn't given them. And God is saying, is that what you're wearing? Do you think that that dress matches this calling? And you want me to invite you to this wedding feast? You want me to invite you to this calling? You want me to allow you to be a part of this great kingdom advancement, but you want to dress like that? Mm -hmm. And so we need mm -hmm. to look at our mm -hmm. outfit to make sure our outfit connects with where we say we want to go. Yeah. And that's so true because Christ came as a king too. And so to put on kind of the garments of a that's kind of fitting for a king is to is to take care and to steward well what you what you kind of bring forth, but then also not only present yourself, but then also have the devotion and have the character, the posture, the attitude that that backs that up. So yeah, Absolutely. I, I love that. I love that. Um, and so, yeah, just to kind of, add, just to kind of last kind of few closing things here, can you talk a little bit about, uh, I'm sure some folks are interesting, interested in, on like what your day-to-day -day looks like ministering to athletes and connecting, obviously you were, you know, an athlete yourself and, um, how, what has changed and what is kind of, you know, break down a day in the life of, of, uh, you know, Bible study or just kind of walking alongside some of these gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, you're right by saying I was an athlete past tense because right now, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to not sneeze and crack my ribs. It's amazing what happens right. when, when you get when you get older. You just right. get out of bed and you got a this huge crook in your neck. Oh. Now you're stretching. It's just it's an amazing thing how things change. So yeah. But no. anyways, so I'm glad I'm in the transition yeah. now, a player yeah. to chaplain, so I can last. But right. Um. Yeah. It, right. It's been a great role. Uh, you know, the Bible says that we serve a great high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses because he lived it. And so I think that the fact that I lived it, that I was actually played in the NFL and experienced all the ups and the downs, that it's hard for players to be able to say something to me that I don't know myself by experience. And so I realize now why God allowed me to go through that. Um, but but now when I come into the facility, especially during the season, I spend most of my time there during the season. It's really my weekends. Mm -hmm. Friday, I have Bible study with the players mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and build relationships there. Saturdays, I have chapel services. It's not mandatory, but we still get 30 to 35 guys out of the 53 wow. uh, mm -hmm. that'll show up and come to chapel, and they really enjoy learning and growing. Um, and then I have uh, coaches studies that'll happen um, as well on, on mm -hmm. Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm praying in the locker room. I'm praying on the 50 yard line. I do individual prayers, mm -hmm. uh, for, mm -hmm. for players. 
they give me my own hotel room um, so that I'm able to mm-hmm. uh, counsel guys if they want to come to my room for personal counseling. Uh, in the off season, Tyler, uh, those that are getting married, I'm the first thought to call to marry them. And yeah. so I've married yeah. uh, Sean Lee. I've married Miles Austin, Tyrone Crawford, you know, all yeah. of these guys, yeah. you know, I've been able to be a part of their life in that way, which is real cool. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so it's kind of like a, a pastor for sports. And so I really get to go in and, and share with those guys what God has put on my heart. And so, yeah. um, and what I think he wants them to think and know, uh, during this season in their life mm-hmm. and believe most importantly and walk in faith. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity mm-hmm. to build those relationships and, and still be a mm-hmm. part of the NFL, even though I'm long gone from playing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, there's some blessings that come with that because you don't have to, I mean, the injuries, I mean, it's crazy as you get older too, like the amount of time that goes into like taking, being proactive on taking care of your body and like the stretching went from three minutes to 30 minutes and it's like, and it's like, how does that even make sense? It's only been, it's been two years and it's, uh, it changes so fast, man, uh, you know, so, but I'm, I'm grateful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for your, uh, for your time and just kind of sharing a little bit about, um, you know, your ministry and, um, kind of where, where God has called you and just for responding to that call as well. Um, where can we kind of, yeah, get a copy of the book, follow you and, uh, and I guess tune in if we want to, uh, kind of track and be part of, be part of your journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to mention about this book yeah. is, um, it has, a, it's a full experience. So we put a movie in the book. Um, so every three chapters, you scan a QR code, the movie starts and continues every three chapters after that. Um, and so you get to watch this movie while you're reading the book that kind of describes the faith that we're talking about in it. Right. And there's also a soundtrack in the book, too. So long after you put it done down, um, you can listen to it and ride to it, work out to it, because it's really to, to, to take you to the next level. And so I wanted to mention that, yeah. but you can get it anywhere books are sold, Amazon, um, you know, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere online. Uh um, you're able to get yeah. it. They'll ship it straight to your house. My website is my name, JonathanBlakeEvans.com. Mm-hmm. JonathanBlakeEvans.com. And that is also my handles for social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at JonathanBlakeEvans.com, you can follow me and, and get more information about that ministry and what's going on with the Cowboys and, right. you know, all of those different things and, and my speaking engagements and all of those things. So awesome. I'm just appreciative to be here. Thank you so much, Tyler. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you.